0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, May 18, 2015. Um, We are reading from the Big Book, um, Chapter 6, and we are on page 83, the last paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Joanne L., the 12 Traditions, um, Anita L. The reference number for Sunday, May seventeenth, two 2015, we have our special audition meeting, is 7648. Our additional readers' names are Sharon R.S., Terry H., and Elaine B. That share code, again, for yesterday's special edition, the 12 Steps, if you're trying, you're lying, is 7648. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to please read the 12 Steps.
1: Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everybody. My name is Joanne L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted... We were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Okay.
0: Thank you, uh, Joanne. Anita L., would you please read the 12 traditions?
2: Yes. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita L. I failed to tell you where we were, what we are reading today, so here it is. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 6, and we're going to read, uh, the first reader is going to read on page 83, the last paragraph, okay? And we're going to concentrate today on, um, the first reader will concentrate on Promises 7, 8, and 9, and then go to 9, 10. I'm sorry, 10, 11, and 12. Wow. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today we resume our study on the big book on page six, on page 83, the last paragraph. Okay, I will now ask Sharon Ara to begin reading, please. R.S. Sharon R.S. Good
3: morning. Thank you, Janice. And good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Sharon R.S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And the thing that that stands out for me in this um, looking at... Uh, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows i've always thought when I read this that how is that a promise to me uh losing interest in selfish things and and gaining interest in my fellows and that self seeking will slip away and it's it's so interesting that when I get away from myself i would you would think that if you 're thinking about yourself, you're taking care of yourself. If you're thinking about yourself, you're you're um really that is a is a good place to be. But what we're told in the 12 steps in working uh, our recovery is that getting out of ourselves is the way to go. The way to freedom is letting go and putting our focus on others and allowing ourselves to be Guided and directed by a power greater than ourselves. I was. This reminds me of page on page twenty five. Uh, it says the paragraph two. The great fact is just this and nothing less: that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life. So our attitude toward life. It's no longer if I think about myself and take care of myself and put walls around myself and protect myself, then I will be safe and then I will get the things that I want out of life. Uh, No, instead, we have our attitude, our whole attitude changes and we realize that it's not about me. It's about there's more to life than just Self focus, self centeredness, me taking care of myself, self reliance. I have a new way of living and it is relying upon my higher power. And it's it's a beautiful thing when I can let go of thoughts of self and can focus on others. That is um, when I can truly begin to live, to true it when I can um focus my attention on other people, then my whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. And uh, going back to page 25, that's when the revolution, uh, my life will be revolutionized. My whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our heart. In lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish things for us which we could never do for ourselves. So this is something we can't do ourselves, and uh, it is a great benefit to us when we can let go of ourselves and focus on others. And with that, I pass.
0: Well, thank you, Sharon R.S. Okay, we're going to ask whoever would like to comment. Focus our comments on promises. Seven, eight, and nine. Okay, who would like to begin? Matt M. Okay, Matt M. Anyone else? Okay, go ahead, Matt.
4: Hi. Good morning, my televisionaries. This is Matt M. With a closeover ear from New Jersey. Um, our whole attitude and upon, outlook upon life will change. Self-seeking will slip away. For me, um, am selfishness and self-centeredness and self-will run riot. When I was in my disease, I didn't care who I I would hurt. I would steal from you. I would cheat from you. I would lie to you. Lies just came off my words like, off my lips like water and um, it was so easily. I do not even know I was doing it sometimes because it was such a habit. That was so ingrained. I didn't care what I would do to, to you as long as I got my addiction of choice. I was just as bad as any other hardcore drug addict or alcoholic. My life was just so unmanageable. And now, I, I've been, the way I've been talking, my people, my, my friends and everything, i I'm just a stranger to you. And so I'm just, I, look, I sound really good. I feel different. I'm, I'm more other-centered. I'm not as selfish. I'm not as egotistical. I mean, I still have these character defects. Uh, I'm, a hum- I'm human, but I'm, I'm also an addict. So I don't have a sick mind. But my higher power has given me such a, a, a great thinking processes. I'm very grateful that I don't have to um, worry that um, my needs always have to be met. And I'm starting to realize that uh, people are, are I can't expect one person or one other two people to meet my emotional needs, and this is great that I'm not thinking so much of myself as as i as I was, but I can't wait to I'm a sponsor so I can bring people through the steps and, and help others as well and i don't they don't have to be in the rooms for me to help others I've helped neighbors i have helped friends um with things and they've asked when they've asked me for help without even thinking about it. I was like let me help you with this and because I want to be a maximum service, and this is great for me, because I don't want to be somebody who just wants to take, take, take from life. I want to give back to life, and um, it, I have lost interest in selfish things, and I'm very grateful that is that my higher power has chosen me for recovery. Because there's so many people in the in uh, the rooms that are dying from this disease, and I'm, I'm grateful that I have the I have, I have the choice, and um, that I have the, that he gave me the time to get out of my own head and get out of relapse and come back and work this program the way it needs to be worked in the big book. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Matt M. Anyone else would like to focus on those three promises?
5: Linda D. in Connecticut, I'd like to share, if I may. This is Larry. West,
0: okay, I hear. I heard somebody before Larry. What is your name, please?
5: Nancy. Linda, Linda D. in Next. Connecticut. Next. And Nessie.
0: We have somebody before prior to Larry, if we could just get her name.
6: It's Nancy. Nessie.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Missy M I S S Y?
7: N E S E H.
0: Oh, N E S E H. And what's your first initial to your last name? R. Okay. Go ahead and then we'll have Larry and Nancy for now. Okay, go ahead. Nancy. Yes.
7: So you, you want you want me to go ahead Nesse?
0: Yes, please.
7: Okay, great. Um my name is Nesse R, I'm a rec- compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um for me, promises 5, 6, and 7 are inextricably lit. Um and this is nowhere more evident for me than in, uh, in my works on these. Um, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how experience can benefit others. You know, we, um, I am, um, I, I, come from a, a history of, of of struggle and relapse, and and find that that's the most common experience um, amongst um, recovering or covered um, compulsive overeaters, and I draw a lot from that experience helping others in. Counseling my sponsees and taking them through the steps uh, when I am asked to speak at, at meetings, etc. Uh, of course, because I'm helping my sponsees and I'm carrying the message, the, the feeling of uselessness and self pity will disappear. And then, seven, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. And I find that um, instead of um, constantly thinking about myself and what I need and how to, how to, how to get what I want, I, I I'm thinking about my sponsee's struggles. You know, if somebody's struggling with this step or that step or this issue or that issue, that's actually what I'm thinking about. You know, if I'm reading something, I will, I will think, of, oh, you know, this sponsee would benefit from, um, from the insight that this reading provides. And it's just so so beautiful. It's so. Funny. I cannot be constantly focused on, on on myself and my. And my little plans and designs, but really be focusing on others and how I can truly, genuinely help help them. You know, sometimes even at a cost to myself. You know, when I, you know, could be doing something else that that needs to be done, but instead thinking, okay, I'm gonna walk to this Ponce's house and I'm gonna bring them this reading that I just read and and talk to them about it and give them, encourage them, and and and. and um, show them how um, I overcame the same challenge how i how I um, was able to stop struggling with this step or that step, and so I really can kind of separate this this uh, these three steps and you know for me, uh, my sponsors are a joy and when somebody um, i mean I, I have quite a few sponsors when somebody asks me to sponsor them, and I have to know uh, because I really just have no more time and no more. Um space for it it really hurts it really hurts because i I want to help i I truly truly um want to help and and Thanks. have others benefit from what I've been through so um um I'm just grateful for this experience, and I will pass
0: yes, thank you, thank you. I think I heard Linda d before larry linda would would you like to comment at this time?
5: Let me change my phone because this is the one that fell into the toilet. Hold on. Hi, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you very good, Linda. Please. Oh,
5: please. thanks. I thought you didn't hear me. This is Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so thrilled to be a recovered compulsive overeater. I can barely believe it. It's so very different. The thing that from being an active addict... The thing that jumps out at me now, not not when I started <coughs> excuse me. I've been in OA a really long time and I've only been recovered for uh about two and a quarter years. But what a difference. And the thing that jumps out at me is that from the very beginning, by acting as if and following the directions in the big book and all the suggestions and all the love and support from people, I got to the point where these promises could come true. And now um, I see things from a bigger point of view, and I see that from the beginning God was pointing me, first of all, that God was real. Second of all, that God was within me and within other people. That was huge. I had no idea. It was theory. And it became very real. And the the other thing was that from the beginning, God, by going to God, I was learning how to love other people authentically. I was given authentic power, not the power of I want and I have to have. For me to take care of myself, I only have to turn to God, and I can only give you my experience of God. God, who was a divine love, and let that guide me. And that inevitably guides me to loving other people. And so from the beginning, by having sponsees and talking to people and all of that, uh, and sharing my experience, I was um, learning how to love. I was practicing compassion. I was learning how to do that. I was being given hands-on experience with that so that now when I'm um, of maximum service to God I'm just listening I'm asking what do you want me to do next and I'm um, focusing on um, love not fear because when I was trying to make myself feel better I didn't know how to live so how would I I really couldn't make it work that's what I was always looking for, love, and I found it in God. And by practicing giving it away and receiving it, it's all a circle. It's a cycle. Thanks. I, sh- I pass. It.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I think, Larry, you are um, up now. If you're here, Larry, K.
8: Dennis, I'm here.
0: <laughs>
8: Present and accounted for. Uh, Larry K. Recovered Compulsive uh in Chicago. So um yeah the, the uh you know it's we don't know what we don't know and, and I sure didn't know what what this what this process of change was gonna do to me. You know, what God was gonna do to me. And um, you know, uh, moving from that, that self centered existence you know, um, more closely aligned with God's will, which was a, a God-centered existence, was I, I didn't know that that existed. I mean, how how would I? Because experientially, I hadn't experienced it yet, you know, and um, since this process of change comes about by taking a series of actions, you know, it's important for us to, to, to always look at where we are in the process. And. You know, Otherwise, the, this thing is just based on kind of emotional temperature taking, you know, rather than tangible God inspired change, because my, my feelings are going to change. You know, I mean, I mean, that's that's part of being human. My, my feelings that you're feeling good right now. There's someone on the line that's feeling really good right now, right now. You know what? Don't worry. It's going to change. <laughs> and and you know, there's someone that's on this line that did that, that binge last night and they're feeling really lousy because and I know that because that was me um, you're not feeling so good right now don't worry that's gonna change you know what's constant I always want to be able to answer the question you know where am I in the process what step and what specific instructions from the big book must I follow in order to change and, and here's the truth for me that that you know that that you can bank on i mean this is my experience what you know maybe yours is different i don't know but when i follow the instructions in this manual in this textbook this big book i will change it's in fact it's impossible not to to change when aligning my will with god's will and you know on page 45 you know we're provided with the very reason why we're seeking this change The main object of these steps is to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That's what it says. That's what I read. I might not have always believed it, but that's, that's what it says, and that's what happened to me. It will solve your problem. What's my problem? Food? No, not my problem. My boss isn't my problem. My girlfriend? No, she's not my problem. My children, my spouse, even you, you're not your problem. Lack of power, that was my problem. And I had, to, I had to find a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. And so, you know, these, these uh, promises, whatever the promises are, that's, that's not what I was after. I mean, that's a nice, nice thing to have, and they have come true. But what I was after was change to align my will with God's will. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Nancy, you're up. It's your turn. I believe it was Nancy. All right. Vasa, I think I heard you also. Vasa O?
6: Oh, you did get me.
0: <laughs>
6: did. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And I'm Vasa Recovered Compulsive Ovita calling from... Uh, Foxboro, Massachusetts. And that's what I heard. I just did not know what I didn't know. You know, when I came to my first meeting and when I came to the big book. I you know, I really did not know. I you know, the only thing I learned the person that's twelve stepped me, she said, You need to find a power greater than ourselves than yourself, Vasa and that power I choose to be God. And at that time, I, you know, I said I was willing and I was ready to find power greater than myself. You know, I didn't care who, you know, it, I came for the food addiction, of course, like we all do. I just, I just, I don't care who helps me as long as I don't have to do it by myself. I'm tired. I'm tired of doing it for 25 years. I'm tar- I can't do it anymore. And she said, then you need to surrender. You need to surrender to you know, to God, and you need to surrender to the, you know, the steps, surrender to the big book, you know, and in many ways, I felt so relieved, you know, I don't have to do this by myself, you know, God will give me the power, he'll give me the strength, you know, and I loved hearing the promises, I remember saying, it was like a song to my heart, I, you know, I couldn't wait for them to, to come true for me. But they came gradually, you know. They all didn't, the promises didn't happen to me all in one day. I had to work for them, you know. And gradually, little by little, I mean, you know, they were falling off, you know. I can't tell you when and how, what date and what time, you know. But I like, like, you know, self-seeking will slip away. And, you know, I used to feel so, so, you know, Poor Vasa, I felt such a victim, you know. You know, I had the poor poor me all the time, you know. Why I have to suffer with this or why I have to suffer with that, you know. And you know what? You know, everybody goes through some kind of pain and suffering. So I felt like I was not the only one. So, you know, now since I'm, you know, I'm helping others, you know, I don't think of myself anymore that much. And it's gone. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change, and that has been changed gradually. Fear of people and economic, economic institutions will leave us, and that has been changed. You know, God is doing for me what I can do for myself. It's amazing, and changes do still happen as I go along, you know, and it will happen till I'm dead. So that's why I keep active. That's why I do what I'm doing. But it's for the better, and uh, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. I can handle situations now that I couldn't handle before, and we'll suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that's what it is for me. It's having that personal relationship with God on a daily basis. It's not just once in a while, you know. It's uh, keeping active with my spiritual life and keeping active, you know, Time. I'll just wrap it up, with my programs and giving it away. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Well, thank you. Okay, is there anyone else that would like to comment on step on the promise, uh, 7, 8, and 9, beginning with we lose interest? Jenny S. Okay. Renata. Okay, Jenny S., Renata. Anybody else? Okay, go ahead, Jenny S.
9: Thank you. Um, I'm Michelle. a grateful. Re-
0: go ahead, Jenny.
10: Okay, this is Jenny S. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater, and um, and I haven't heard anyone talk about Step Nine this morning. And for me, in my book, these promises come right after Step Nine. And I think if I hop over Step Nine because I'm looking forward to getting ahead, I miss the benefit that comes from actually doing that step. And my goal in doing Step 9 was to mend my relationships, and the promises that we're looking at today came true because I actually worked Step 9. And when I came into recovery, what I heard was that we don't teach recovery, we don't teach the 12 steps, we share them. That was, that's what makes our program different. That's what makes us a fellowship is we share our experience, strength, and hope. And so when I look at my experience of step nine, I started thinking about other people. When I thought about going to them and ending my relationship, I thought about how are they going to react, how are they going to feel, and why am I doing this? And one of the promises says self-seeking will suck away. I was already not just thinking about what I could get out of this, I was thinking about how can I mend this relationship with someone else. And one of the things that happened when I did step nine is one of the things that I had discovered in step four was that I'd had an affair. And when I got into recovery, I realized that that went against my values. That wasn't somebody that I could be today. I needed to change that behavior. But when I went to that person and said, this is who I am today, Um, I am a different person, they weren't in the same spot they still wanted to continue the behavior that we had continued in the past. And I needed to look at it from their point of view. Um, They felt like they had lost a companion. They didn't want to change. But it gave me some empathy and some sympathy for their point of view because I listened. And it says our whole attitude and outlook on life will change. My attitude was changing because I was starting to listen to other people not just listen to me. I was starting to have compassion and sensitivity for other people, not just for me and for what I Because I I was able to actually be with them and listen to them, it changed me to these steps and these promises started coming true when I did this. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Jenny S. Renata G., it's your turn.
11: Thank you, Janice. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, we will lose uh, interest in selfish things and gain interest in ourselves. And uh, what kept coming up to me this morning was, you know, how is that possible? Because you know, the book said previously that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problems and um you know before step four i wanted things to go my way no matter what right selfishness ruled my life and that's why i had so many resentments and you know fear you know the fear that maybe things wouldn't go my way you know kept me paralyzed and uh but after going through this process after taking action right that the book described, you know then i'm able to have a different uh view right a different view on things um in you know uh i get after step four, I was able to think about what things meant to other people, not just. You know, they didn't do it my way. They didn't do what I wanted. And so, you know, uh, that thing that changed things for me, you know, self-seeking, sleep away. Uh, you know, in, in Bill's story on page, uh, I can't even see the number, of the 14 here, it says, simple but not easy, price had to be paid and meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. And, um, you know, throughout the books, throughout every step, there are prayers, you know, there are chances for me to go to my higher power to build a relationship. And so when I get to step nine, you know, I'm not living a self-centered life anymore, like it was mentioned before. It's about God. I'm trying to find out what's God's will for me. There's no way I would make amends to anybody if I was living in self-will. That comes from God. You know, why would I want to go back and repair the damage? How would I be able to think about someone else and think about their needs and how I have harmed them? You know, that all had to come from this higher power that was guiding my life Now. And um, you know, our whole attitude and outlook upon life would change. Yes, because it, again, it's not about me anymore. It's about what God wants for me, for me from now on. And uh, but this, all of this, you know, this promises—they were possible just because of the work of the steps. On my own, I would never get there. I could never see it. And uh, the steps transformed my life. Not me. Thanks and up there.
0: Well, thank you, Renata. Uh, we're going to go on. We're going to have Terry, please. Terry H, please read um, the promises ten, eleven, and twelve, and you can. We'll comment on that. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Janice Chase Service.
12: Good morning, Division for You. My name is Terry H, a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Fairer people in economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And these promises, they're so beautiful. Um, So these last three promises, 10, 11, and 12, um, so fear of people um, and economic insecurity will leave us. So when I'm focusing on what I can bring rather than what I can get, you know, I I lose my fears of not getting what I want. And I'm no longer relying on self because I'm now finding that this conscious contact with God is all I really need to to be happy in life. And um, where it says um, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us, you know, now I get to, as a result of, you know, doing step nine and you know, having these promises come true, you know, now I get to practice these principles. I have, you know, nine principles up to this point, and, you know, the nine principles are, you know, honesty, hope, surrender, courage, integrity, willingness, humility, love, and justice, or forgiveness. And, um, you know, I get to address my problems on a daily basis with these principles and find the guidance of God you know, I, I just find the guidance of God is available to, available to me at any time that I seek it
13: and,
12: and I'm so grateful for that. And the last promise we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. You know, I get to see the the power of the first eight steps you know, with step nine and um, you know, the promises are a, a good description of no longer being untreated and by doing the things that are on you know these two pages between 83 and 84, and I get to meet the conditions. And when I get to start meeting these conditions and having the promises come true, then I stop living on page 52 on the development. And um, and this all happens as a result of working, you know, working with step nine and you know, in in really taking the action in all you know all steps you know up to this point and. You know, for me, you know, the truth for me, if I could stop compulsive overeating, you know, if I could have addressed my defects of character and righted my past wrongs, you know, step nine on my own power, I would have done it a long time ago. And, and for me, by continuing to take action,
0: I get proof
12: of the results in all the steps. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Well, thank you, Terry H. Who would like to now comment on those last three promises?
9: One to unmute. Sally. Okay.
14: Laura Z.
0: Sally A. Mara Z. Laura Laura G. Laura G. Amy E.
9: Yeah.
0: Laura G. And Amy. Amy E. Amy E. We'll go with those four. Larry. I'm sorry. Sally A. Please go ahead. Thank
9: you, Janice.
14: Thank you. Good morning, vision for you. This is Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, here again, I, I have to reiterate what other people have been saying, that um, being mindful that this, these promises are the nine-step promises, that that they actually harp on what was just done in the steps we have just finished. Um, when I take a look at these words here, um, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. I have changed as a result of this work, and the change includes the fear inventory that I did, that page sixty-eight where it the whole page that whole section of inventory. And keeping in mind that we're that I was driven by. A hundred forms of fear, and in truth, when I was even doing my resentment inventory, there was always underneath the resentment was always the fear the fear that i wasn't getting what I thought I should have that I couldn't control these other people, you know keeping in mind that our resentments are what happened in the past, and our fear is what we're afraid of what's coming in the future, and yet in that resentment inventory, it's undergirded by a foundation of fear that I wasn't enough, that I was relying on me, that I down deep knew that I wasn't going to cut the mustard, that I wasn't enough, and that I needed to rely on a God. On, and, and it's just so beautiful the way it's a re- repetition of step one, admitting my powerlessness, not, over food, not only over food, but my power was over my life, that I needed God. And so when we come to this place where we, where we see the word change comes right before fear. I had to change. And then fear of people and of economic insecurity would leave me. Fear in general left because I was no longer operating life with me on the power seat, me in control. It was God who I was allowing to be the director of the show, that I was allowing to be my boss, that I was allowing, that I was in the process of pausing and pondering and praying, that I was giving God a chance to be the leader. We will intuitively know. You know, this intuitive knowing, it just boils down to that I shut up and I stopped thinking so hard. I took myself out of the maze of my thinking and I allowed God to be in charge. That's where this intuitiveness came, that I slowed down my thinking and my speech long enough to allow God to be the leader, to take the lead and intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us, we will suddenly realize that God, I will suddenly realize God, simply I would suddenly realize God is doing for me what I could never do for myself. The gift is that I suddenly realize God. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass.
9: And thank you, Sally A. Okay, Mara Z. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much for your service. Mara Z recovered in Virginia. And I'm just about to go into a tunnel, so God willing, I won't lose you. Um, These promises are magic. And when I was first in program and I would sit in the room and I would hear these, I would cry because... I wanted these so bad. I didn't know I could have a life that included any of these promises. But the one that has always stood out for me the most was we will intuitively know how to handle situations to keep the them. Because fear did run most of my life. The fear of I don't know how to behave in this situation. The fear of, you know, what is someone going to think of me? All of these fears that just ruled my life, they blocked me off from God. Of course, I didn't know that then. But when I when I was becoming unblocked, having worked through the steps, having done my ninth of or having just been, as the book says, before we are halfway through, um, these promises started coming true for me. And I can remember very clearly the first time I was cognizant of being in a situation where I intuitively knew how to handle it. And it was a matter of me knowing that I was about to, you know, let my tongue lash out at someone and get my way or want to get my way and instead... The thought came from God into my brain, out of my mouth, and I came up with instead suggestions for alternative methods of doing, you know, this thing we were trying to do, and it wasn't my way. And afterwards, I mean, during it, I knew what was happening. Afterwards, when I had quiet time to sit, reflect, all I could do was repeat, thank God. Thank God. This is such a debate. The or form, not possible. And so, are uh, the promises coming true for me? again? Yes. Is The only way I get to keep them coming true is to continue working my focus every single day one day at a time. With so that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank mm-hmm.
0: you. Thank you, Mara Z. Just a gentle reminder that we please would uh, just uh, want to mute your phone when other people are speaking, and we thank you. Uh, Laura G., it's your turn.
9: I'm Laura, I'm compulsive
13: overeater from Virginia.
9: Please go ahead, Laura. Hmm. Uh, one again. We lost you.
0: Okay. Maybe we can get her back. She will come back. Amy E., are you available?
13: Hi, I, this uh, is e. my phone. I'd like to finish.
0: Please do. Okay, Laura, and then Thank Amy.
13: Thank you, dear. Thank you. I really appreciate this meeting. I listen to you guys as I am on my nasty commute to work, and it just makes it wonderful. Um, I was realizing while I was listening that um, these last two promises are, have come true to me, and they are the last ones to come true to me, the fear of economic insecurity and the fear of people, and it's, it's amazing. Um, I'm Through recovery, I have... Uh, gotten to a point where I live below my means, and I have saved a lot of money, and I'm in a tough situation at work, and I realize that I can quit any I want to because of my financial situation, and the people at work have no control over me because I don't have the fear of financial insecurity. And um, I'm not 100 pounds overweight anymore, and the fear of people laughing at me and what they think of me because of my weight is gone. And the, the the love of the people in OA has gotten me to see myself in a different way, and it's really beautiful. And with that, I will pass.
0: Well, thank you, Laura G. Amy E., it's your turn.
15: Hi, it's Amy E. Abstinent and grateful in rural Ohio. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, recovering from compulsive overeating. Thank you, everybody, for your comments on this. The fear of economic insecurity um, leaving us. That is so. I remember. First of all, I've heard some people refer to it as fear of economic institutions. No, it's really—it's the book says fear of economic insecurity. And I used to think that what that meant was that if I stayed abstinent and sober long enough, I would get cash and prizes. You know, I'd get wealthy. I'd have a successful business. I'd uh, learn how to stand up for myself and ask for a raise. um, That I would be uh, financially secure. And that's not what it says. It says It doesn't say economic insecurity will leave us. It says the fear that will leave us which tells me that i may find myself as <laughs> i do right now um having moved to ohio from new york city having stepped aside from my job uh currently being uh underemployed here in ohio um that my finan- you know my financial uh my economic life over time has fluctuated. There's been times of prosperity and times of scarcity. Um, And what this step promises me, or what this promise promises me, is that through working the first nine steps, that fear of whether I'm flush or whether I'm scarce is going to leave me. And how is it that, it will leave me. Well, in doing my fear inventory, I see I've broken down that my fear of economic insecurity underneath that is a fear that I'll lose something I have or not get what I deserve. There's self-seeking in there. There's selfishness. And for me, there's a lot of dishonesty because sometimes I think that I'm you know, just supposed to sit back, relax, and the money will roll in or the opportunities will roll in. But there's also an aspect of me showing a willingness to my higher power to do the footwork. And so um, uh, character assets that I need to work on is willingness. Um, uh, Character defects that I need to avoid are laziness. So, there's a lot of subsets here underneath this fear of economic insecurity that leaves me that comes from really doing that ninth, that uh, thorough fourth and fifth, and looking at um, my relationship with money uh, and really breaking it down. What are my fears? What are my attitudes and outlook on money that stand in the way of the sunlight of the spirit? And I often have really, real difficulty in letting God into my financial situation because I think God and money don't mix. Um, So this has been a promise that has, you know, they, they talk about in the next paragraph, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. This is one that's sometimes slowly coming for me, and it's something that I really thirst for and long for because that peace that comes when I'm not worried about the future. And I'm not worried about what happens to my bank account, you know, and really trust and rely on God and be willing to do the footwork in terms of showing up, being a good employee, um, doing the footwork to look for a job, putting the results in God's hands. Um, I really want that piece. Thank you so much for letting me share and I'll pass.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. We have about two minutes left. Who would like to take that? Anyone? Oh, all right. We'll just wrap up um, just very quickly at ten, eleven, and twelve. Promises or the gifts to me. This I am Janice M. from Massachusetts, a recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful. Yeah, you know our fears do decrease. Yes, my fears did decrease. First of all, when I first came in, I didn't even think I had any fears. I thought, Oh, I'm not afraid of anything. Oh my goodness. Um, fear of people, you know, uh, gee, if if I was going to be rejected, if they were going to abandon me, if they didn't like me, so then I was dishonest because I people-pleased. And economic insecurity is just wonderful because, you know, well, i got to retire. I don't know how I'm going to get the money. You know, God, my higher power will take care of me. Yeah, we all like money. We need money. But it's the fear of not having enough, or you know, that, oh, what are we going to do? That will leave us. We will receive what we need uh, and not what we want. And then, of course, Step uh, Promise 11, coping becomes easier. <laughs> because, I went, you know, life never is easy or unhurried. But we can cope easier. Because why? Because I've been taught to live one day at a time. You know, that's all I can live. Easy does it. We all go through calamities, and it's we just have today. And, of course, I don't call it the last promise. I call it the best promise. We will intuitively know that God is, you know, doing for us what what we can't do for ourselves, and it, it continues. <laughs> the promises continue for me. I, it would take me. I mean, I I can't even tell you what they are because it's um, that my spirituality grows, not my material wealth, not my material possessions. They may, but. It comes with the spiritual growth, then the material grows. And with that, I'm going to pass, and I want to thank everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Elaine B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Elaine?
16: Thank you for your service, Janice M., and here are some more promises. (laughs) Our book,